Welcome to the podcast. I'm Owen, and I'm your host. Today, I'm talking to Alex Eisengard, who's a 15-year-old wildlife and bird photographer. To start off, just give us a little bit of a, a bio. I mean, I could do it, but it's better coming from you. Yeah, so my name is Alex, and I'm 15. Actually, my birthday is today, so um, I'm based in northeastern Ohio, and I'm mainly a bird photographer. I do a little bit of macro here and there, but basically just birds. Yeah, I got started like late December uh, or early December of 2019. My dad was just like taking me out to parks and he's like, you want a camera? And after thinking about it for a little while, I'm like, sure, I'll take a camera. And then it just kind of blossomed from there. Nice. Is your dad a photographer? Yeah, so he does some photography. He's not like as into it as me, but he, you know, takes me to a lot of my locations and stuff like that. So, right. Did he get started when you got started? No, so he's he's been doing it for actually a while now, just not like, you know, so he goes out to a park every now and then, takes a few photos. And then when I got into it, he started to get more into it because I was like dragging him out with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I can relate to that. I also drag my dad with me. <laughs> Is he also a photographer or birder? Not yet. I'll, yeah, I'll convert that... him eventually. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I have a similar, similar starting. I probably started a little bit for you, but not too long. So you haven't been shooting that long, but your style is like pretty unique. How did you like develop that? Was that so intentional first, or did it just like no, happen? No, not really. Um, at first, I kind of just started taking photos just like. Uh, when I first got my camera, we like put up a bird feeder and I went to a local park with the bird feeder and I was just getting ID shots. Um, I didn't think they were ID shots. I thought they were like really good. And I saw like a song sparrow. I thought it was like the rarest thing ever. Um, and I was like just shooting down on it. And then I got, so I, then like, you know, I did a little bit of experimentation with like eye level and stuff where I got down eye level with some sparrows um, not knowing what eye level was, but I just kind of thought it looked cool. And then I didn't actually know it was a tactic, so I didn't do it on most of my images. And then I got added to a photography group chat, and they started teaching me a little bit how to take photos. So then I like learned how to get eye level. And then after I learned how to get eye level, it like opened like a whole new world to me. So I started taking stuff that I thought looked good. So it's kind of like I wasn't going for any specific look. But... Yeah. That's cool. That's I feel like that's how it happens for a lot of people too. But your style's yeah. like really cool. I really like how a lot of your photos have a really soft, like almost pastel background. I think that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I just from whenever I started editing photos, I would like start to play with the backgrounds. And then I, I like I like pushing the exposure a lot on my images um, to kind of give it that that look to it. How much do you edit your photos? So I've actually backed off the editing a little bit. And then like very recently, I like started doing a tiny bit more. Um, it used to be I would like find a photo and then remove every stick from it. So just a bird on a branch. And I started to like now I'm when I'm taking the photos, the birds are just on the better purchase. So I'm not, I don't have a need to do that. Um, but so for a while, I was just like very basic edits. Like, you know, I would remove some sticks here and there. And then other than that, it's just basic editing. But I got a new like type of capture one. 
um, which is the editing software I use, where you can like, there's like a magic brush. So you select a pixel or like, a, you know, a group of pixels and then it finds all the stuff that looks like that. So now, and I really learned how to like edit harsher image, like harsher lighting better. So I've started to get working with that a little bit on this new capture one where I can like, there's a harsh, you know, photo with harsh lighting. I can just go and like just decrease the highlights, maybe increase the shadows and make it look more soft. Yeah. What is the software you use? It's called Capture One Pro. Oh, and not, not a lot of that. people use it. Yeah, no, not a lot of people use it. I, I use the one for Sony, so. Oh, right. I think they have one for Canon, but. Huh. Have you tried using Lightroom? Everyone talks about it, and, like, yeah. I haven't tried it. I mean, I'm sure I could, and it'd be great, but, like. I'm just wondering if yours is better. Maybe have I should Capture switch. One, so why, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you know. No, no, I like it. Doesn't. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it has like a nice healing program, so you can you know remove stuff. I I think Lightroom's slightly better at that. Um, but yeah, this new like magic brush they added is really cool. I like that. That is cool. Is it is it like designed for photo like light editing, or is does it have more Photoshop um, features too? It's yeah, it's a lot less Photoshop. It's more just like basic edits and um things like that yeah because I, I was also considering getting like a actual photoshop and i decided against it because i'm like how much am i really going to use this but um right. if you want i can share my screen and show you the actual uh magic brush that'd be sick yeah i've never seen it like i've never i don't know i've always used lightroom yeah, so here's Capture One. Let me just go to an image of already. Okay, so for this Ningo right here, haven't posted this one yet. Um, let's just say I want to brighten the bird specifically. I can just click this magic brush right here. Looks like I actually already did that, so. Okay. And then, take some time to calculate it, but. <laughs> all the pixels that look like it just selected. So if I keep on going and I can like, you know, brush through the Aninga, it actually does a pretty good job just selecting. So that's like a quick way, you know, I just got like the majority of the Aninga, of course, I could work longer at it and then do whatever edits I want to it. So yeah, that was pretty cool. That's really cool. That's, yeah. I mean, it works. Yeah. It's like you don't really need to use what everyone else uses if it works. How did you hear about that? I've like never really heard of Capture that. One. Yeah. I have no idea. My dad used it and he's like, well, you're starting photography. You're going to get Capture One. And that's, I was like, all right. And I, you know, I kind of assumed everyone used it because that was just the first thing I saw. And right. then I learned, so like, oh yeah, Lightroom's another one. I thought it was like the two competitors. I didn't realize no one uses Lightroom. I mean, no one uses <laughs> Capture One. Right. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. So I want to talk about gear a little bit. What setup do you shoot with? So I, sh I shoot with a Sony a6400 and then I have the Tamron 150 to 500, but fun little story. So I was shooting, I was, I was on Lake Erie in um, February, 2021, I think. And um, I was shooting just some ducks and like this, you know, the, you know, the lake is like covered in ice. So we were on like 10 feet of ice. I didn't even realize we were on like such a thick thing of ice. 
So I get down to the water and there's like a little thinner piece of ice. And on top of it, there's a coot like standing on top of it, eating a fish. And um, I'm like, I have to get eye level with this thing. It's eating a fish. I got like this amazing background. So I go to get eye level and the ice from right under my camera breaks. So like, I, cause I thought the coot standing on it, my camera will be fine. So the camera falls in the water and like up, everything up to my wrist was in the water. So like, I, I didn't fall in. That's all I care about. As soon as I take it out, the whole thing is embedded in ice. Like it just immediately froze. Um, so I kind of, you know, I run out uh, with my camera covered in ice and we spent all this tiny time trying to save it. But um, how this is it now? <laughs> so I ended up breaking the A6400 and I, my lens, I actually had a, I will still have it, a one, I think 150 to 350 or no, 75 to 350 um, Sony G lens. I saved that, but um, I was considering upgrading and I decided I actually really just liked the A6400. So I stuck with it. Oh man, that's tough. <laughs> right into the yeah. water. Oh. That's oh, what I'm always scared like, of. I broke my camera, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you just stuck with the same camera. How come? Yeah. I you just like it enough? So I, well, I was thinking I, I need the APS-C um, because I want to get that extra reach. And then at the time I was a little bit smaller and weaker. So I was like, if I want to get more reach with a full frame, then I'm going to need my dad, like one of my dad, like my dad's lens, which, you know, massive 600 uh 6.3 lens um, and then i was just like it's light it's easy to use i've already gotten some pretty good shots with it so might spend more money then actually something a lot of people don't think about the um like the viewfinder is on the side of the camera so like i don't have to worry about my nose bumping the screen right which i, I don't know my dad's camera has the uh this thing like in the center and every single time i put it up i'm like that sucks <laughs> yeah exactly i have the same camera yeah. oh a6400 <laughs> yeah yeah okay. it takes nice pictures for sure and it's like yeah it does you're liking it oh yeah at the price it's like i don't think you can beat it i mean no maybe, maybe. like a full frame with a like a 600 but i've got the sigma 100 to 400 so I don't really want to get a full frame and lose that like 200 millimeters of extra reach. Yeah. Well, I mean, the funny thing about that is I was like, for a while, I was saying, oh, my dream setup is the A1 with the 600 F4 prime. So I went to uh, the biggest week in American birding and I went to Hunt's photo and had a little booth there. This guy named Gary, he let me try to like just holding the uh, whole setup. I think it's like $20,000 total. Oh and I <laughs> I was just shooting some red wing blackbirds with it because I was looking in front of me. And like, just holding it like this was hurting my wrist just Dang. from like holding it up. So you really need a tripod for that kind of thing. So yeah. I'm not sure I would upgrade. Yeah, you can't just like mess around with it and just like keep it with you. Yeah. And like also... to get eye level, I'll like hold my like I'll, I won't lay down but I'll like crouch down and like hold this below me and flip out the screen like that can't do that with this a a1 you know? <laughs> no also like you wouldn't want to <laughs> with a yeah. setup that expensive that's, oh, that's crazy true. how was that that what's it called the biggest week yeah the biggest week it's really good a lot of good people there um 
the boardwalk does get pretty crowded. Um, but the nice thing about that is you don't have to find the birds yourself. You know, you can do, you can, but like you just see how much people are crowding and you just be like, what's there? And they'll tell you. Right. So that's, that's kind of nice really about cool. it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some like social media stuff. I follow Gary too. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know. It seems so cool, but I don't know. Not something I've gone to yet. We'll see. Where are you right now? I live in Maine. Okay, that's a little harder to do. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of far. I have, yeah, I also met this guy named Chris, um, Christopher Smith, and he came all the way from California for it. But I know most people aren't doing that. Yeah, that's quite a, quite a distance. <laughs> yeah. What What is it? It's just like a convention. So, um, so there's an official biggest week American birding festival. And they like lead walks, they have workshops, talks, like I left, a, I led a workshop with them. And then, and that, that covers a, like a large just like area of Northwest Ohio. So there's like a place called Oak Openings, which is like an hour away. They have bird walks there. Um, but the main focus is right on the boardwalk. And on the entrance drive to the boardwalk, they have like a place they sell cameras and stuff, um, little like booths. And yeah, the, the biggest week is just to lead the bird walks and do the events. But then the actual boardwalk is just, it's a boardwalk with almost surrounded by trees and shrubs and there's just tons of warblers. Um, and that's open to everyone. So there was lots of people just on the boardwalk for fun. Um, yeah. That's really cool. That sounds like heaven, that boardwalk. Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> so you said you anyway. led a workshop? How did you end up doing that? So I actually led a workshop in San Diego um, with Chris, the guy who came to McGee Marsh. It was funny because I, I went to California where he lives and he came to Ohio where I lived. Um, and we led one with the San Diego Birding Festival. So that one went really well. And then Gary has connections with the biggest week because he has a booth there and he knows the people. And it was it was a volunteer workshop, so it was, he just offered to let me lead one, and I, at Mommy Bay State Park, so I accepted and basically did it through Gary. That's really cool. That's such yeah. a sick experience being able to lead a workshop, especially yeah. like a like a real thing like that. That's really cool. Yeah, it was fun. What's your favorite? This is just kind of a kind of a random question. What's your favorite bird to photograph, or favorite animal? I guess it doesn't have to be a bird. It's probably a bird. Animal. So <laughs> my like my sister for my birthday got me like some stickers of birds put on my computer and she got me a woodcock, an American woodcock. That's probably my favorite. So they're just they're just so funny. <laughs> um and I had I had a really good experience with them once or I'll share this photo. Um and then after that, like I really just like any shorebird with a long bill. But um, oh, wow. I was able to find the woodcock so close to home and it's everything about them is just hilarious. Like <laughs> from, from the bill, the eyes, like do like a little dance when they're walking. Um, like they're, have, have you ever heard their call? No, I haven't. You have, okay, I got to search this up to show you this. <laughs> um, they, 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 what they do is that they um, have a display. So they to attract mates um 
they just fly right up into the air and do circles and like their feathers make a whistling noise. And then they'll just come and just fall right at the sky, land on the ground and start doing what it's called a paint. Let me share this with you. It's just so crazy. That's so strange. That must be so cool to see. Yeah. Have you ever seen this in person? But (laughs) uh, the paint, I've yeah. It's just so crazy. So I've I've heard the paint in person, and I've seen them do their little dance. I can find the dance. Um, do you want me to find it? Sure, might as well. Yeah, they. So I've seen them do the dance. I got a video of it. Uh, Yeah, it's just they're just so crazy. Like in every way possible, they just find a way. Like keep on learning about them. It's their babies do the dance let's just like they move back and forth um yeah it's just everything about them they're also <laughs> so cool. really elusive so when you do get a photo it's like really rewarding because yeah they're like they like saying the thicket all the time they're nocturnal oh, i'm sorry still looking for the photo yeah 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 they're so cool i've never gotten to photograph one there's one that's like around my house for sure Oh, my parents have seen it a couple times, but I've never have? gotten to, yeah, never gotten to photograph it. It was <laughs> just a dance. <laughs> so every, every single March in this cemetery, just in the center of Cleveland, they show up. And this year we had like crazy southerly winds in the beginning of March, just like right when their migration started. So there was like 20 woodcocks just all in the cemetery. And the problem is it's surrounded by buildings. So if you flush one, there's like a chance it could hit the window and die. Because uh, they they think that because their like eyes are so far on the side of their head, they can't see in front of them. So I don't know how they weave through the forest. But... <laughs> uh, so anyway, I was like trying to get a photo and then people like not, like not trying to scare them. They're just people at the cemetery like walking through and just like scaring them left and right. So I ended up leaving. Because uh, a year before, also, I'd already gotten, you know, a photo of them. But that cemetery, it's like every year I get it for my year list at that cemetery. Pretty easy to find them there. So I'm pretty lucky about that. Yeah, that's so strange. Do you know why they, like, yeah. pick that spot? I'm not sure. There seems to be a higher concentration of woodcocks in the city. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it might be just because it's easier to find there. But what's really strange is we have, like, other migrant traps along the lake. And they don't like any of them. They only like this one cemetery. My only guess is there's a whole bunch of fallen leaves there, and they use those to camouflage. That would make but sense. But that's just a guess. Yeah, yeah, that's so random. A cemetery in the middle of a city like that's not a place I would expect to find a woodcock. Yeah, it is really weird. Okay, so how old are you? Random. I'm 15. Wow. Yeah. You're so young very young and you have some like really sick pictures you're just like naturally talented i guess and you obviously probably shoot a ton and practice yeah but that's Uh, like a short time well the thing about covid is um there's like nothing else to do so i started out and it was a lot of just like experimentation and i would say i i started i started out as purely a photographer um so just like you know, I care a little bit about what I'm shooting, but like I haven't shot any of these birds before. So I'm just shooting everything. And as I went, I've gotten to be more and more of a birder than a photographer. 
So for example, a brown booby popped up in Ohio, which is like, if you don't know, it's golf, golf of Mexico bird yeah. in Ohio. That's so um, I, I didn't go to shoot it. This was like 2021. And because I was like, oh, the photo's not going to be that good. But now, like, I would have scrambled to go find that. Um, but yeah, so I would say as I become more of a birder, it's, it's helped me a lot with my photography. Because I'm shooting different subjects. I'm more excited to shoot different subjects. And yeah, I mean, that's probably, I don't know, just a lot of practice. Yeah, for sure. I think birding is a good way to get better because you're always like going out to find birds and I feel like it's like low-key an addiction it is <laughs> I have the same thing it's it's a it's kind of like Pokemon Go too it's like yeah. you find you know different regions have different birds and then instead of capturing it you just get a photo you know and it's it's like I don't know how to describe it it just keeps you coming back yeah it's so fun do you have any tips for people trying to get better at birding and photography so i'd say ebird first of all i mean i'm i use ebird so much now i've started to get more involved in it um that's probably the best way to, like find birds because everyone's like how do you find them and i'm like ebird um and then like the ebird rare bird alert is really good but you really just gotta start learning your calls and then i'm always alert for birds like even if i'm not thinking about it it's it always just i'm always looking for them so I work at a camp this summer and we're going to the zoo. Well, there's peregrine falcons at my zoo. So I can, you know, walk the kids and then look over the horizon for a peregrine or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I would say bird calls is probably the best way to get better at birding. And um, just especially in the springtime, because eventually, you, you know, you get really happy shooting all the yellow rum warblers. But then you want to start shooting the unusual warblers and it's, you can't just find them in the canopy. You really have to hear them. And then after you know they're there, then you have to look for them. Uh, or also, before I go birding, I like to think of a target species. So my best example is I went to this random farm field that lets birders bird their field because they got like sunflower field and they're like, they have a sign that says birders welcome. And I met the guy, he's really nice. And I knew I wanted to find snow buntings. So I learned their call, their habitat, everything you need to know about them. And I went out, immediately found the snow buntings because I heard their call, looked out the window, there they are. But then when I found the snow buntings, I also found horned larks. I got to photograph horned larks. I think it's a really good example because even if you're focusing on one bird, you're going to find other birds along the way. Right. That's really good advice. That's not something that a lot of people think about, I think. And bird curls are also like pretty hard to distinguish if you like don't know what you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, I'd say best way to do that is to put a, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this, name on the call. For example, indigo buntings would say like fire, fire, where, where, here, here. Um, oh yeah. And like, you know, how they say um, common yellow throat, say witchity, witchity, witchity. If you just put like an actual word to like in the call, it can, it can really help you. Cause you're like, what is that bird? What goes witchity? Oh yeah. Common yellow throat. <laughs> huh. That makes a lot of sense. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. It's like mnemonics, I think. Mnemonics. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. My favorite one is the uh, tohi that says drink your tea. 
every single oh. time I hear drink your tea, I immediately know. Actually, I'll play that one so you can hear it. Um, all right, here's Eastern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can hear it. Yeah. yeah. So every single time I hear that, I go, someone said, drink your tea. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it really helps. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. The one that I think a lot of people have heard is probably the barred owl, right? Like the, the who yeah. cooks for you. I think that's like the most common one. Yeah, but that's a good one. That's really yeah. smart. Yeah, I th- actually, that a barred owl is kind of hard though, because I I always hear that and I immediately go, is that a barred owl or a great horned owl? Because they say the same thing. It's just lower. Yeah, but, right. I mean, I feel like a lot of places, it's a fair assumption to make that it's a barred owl just because of the frequency of them. But yeah, that's true. I've never, yeah. act, I've only heard a great horned owl sing once, actually. So every other time it's been a bard. Where was that? Uh, the uh, great horn? Yeah. So this place, well, I'm not supposed to give out owl locations. Yeah, am I? fair. But, <laughs> but, don't worry, uh, I'm not going to um, be uh, going to Ohio, and I don't think most people <laughs> will be. <laughs> like, start driving to Ohio. Oh, where is that owl? Yeah. <laughs> no, so it's it's this place, and it's a whole bunch of, like, flooded forests so it, during most of the year it's under like a few inches of water which is really weird because it feels a lot like a cypress forest but with oak trees um huh. so i would have expected that to be barred owl habitat but i think the great horns drove them out huh that's really cool owling yeah. is something i've not done much no i like... i'm more get it for the year list and then <laughs> yeah exactly so do you have a, a favorite photo or a photo that just has a really interesting story? Wow. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of photos and I don't know, everyone, I always get that question and I would say I don't. I have some ones that just, I really like and yeah. stand out to me. So don't mind, I'll show a few of those. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah. So I'll just show, I, I was recently in South Carolina, so I'll show something from South Carolina. So here's a tri-colored heron. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I mean, I would say I like this one because I came out multiple times to get this photo. So I was on an island that was along the coast and I used, I had a bike. Luckily, we drove 12 hours with a bike on the back of our car. So I was able to go out whenever I want and find whatever I wanted to. So I just kept on going back to these heron roosts and um, these tricolored heron just kept sitting in the bush. And it was really hard because you can't shoot tricolored heron in full sun um, because they're a blue bird. So when you have like that warm lighting, it looks really weird. So, and, and also you don't want total clouds because you want to get that glint in the eye <laughs> and right. the glow on the feathers. So it was a really hard balance. And then one day the stars aligned and I got the shot. So um let me show you what it looked like when I have full sun. Yeah, that's a really nice shot. It's just it definitely it, worth it. Thank you. Yeah, here's full sun. It's still a good shot, but the colors just look a little bit weird compared to having, yeah, look like more cloud cover. So when yeah. I got this, I was like, why does it look so weird? I was all confused. <laughs> and then it kind of clicked. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. And let's see if I can find another other one um so i i really enjoy shooting 
shorebirds more than anything. It's just something I've always loved to do. Um, because I, I live in Ohio and we do have, um, I have a great lake. <laughs> so that definitely helps me find birds, like shorebirds, but it's still Ohio. So I don't get that many. And I always just feel special whenever I found one. I've gotten a lot better at finding them, but it just still feels so special. So um, when I go to the coast and I'm just sitting there staring at like so many shorebirds, it just blows my mind every time. Because here I'm lucky to see like one or two and then I just have like 50 or 60 on the beach. And that was the case for these marbled godwit. And I was just freaking out the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really nice shot. How did you choose that composition with like the background? So <laughs> that's actually really funny. Um, I saw a picture from Ray Hennessy um, and oh, yeah. it was a marbled godwit with some crazy colors in the background. And I was like, I'm going for sunset. There's marbled godwits here. I need to get those crazy colors in the background. So I'll show you, I tried a few different things, but that was the closest one to his. He framed his differently and I liked how he, how he cropped his but um we had some I had some clouds so I was trying to incorporate those but yeah I was just the whole time I was out there I was thinking I could get that Ray Hennessy shot <laughs> the whole time <laughs> yeah so that's that that's what I was going for that's that's cool it's not definitely nice to have like a a shot to uh I guess mimic after just get take inspiration from it's kind of yeah. cool yeah, I, so when I first started out and I, I was like, go out and try to find the bird, you know, get a shot. But now I, I've tried to like have a shot in mind a little more when I get out there. Um, and of course, it changes depending on your conditions. But having a shot in mind kind of helps me a little bit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because then you have like yeah. an actual goal as opposed to just trying to find something. Yeah. Here, I'll show you uh, one more. Now, this is, I feel like, a little bit more of, an, more of an overlooked bird when it comes to, like, people really got into taking a lot of photos and birding. But there's a, there's just a black-capped chickadee. Uh, when I, when I like, go to shoot these, I'm normally, like, they'll eat, on my, they'll eat out of my hand, but I'm shooting with 750 millimeters, so all the shots look the same. So I decided that it's not scared of me. So I put some peanuts on this little log here. I think this was in March and I just got really close to it and then zoomed out all the way on my lens and it gave it a really cool look and it's like crazy sharp. Yeah, yeah it really <laughs> is. That's so nice. Yeah. Chickadees are yeah, so much fun. Yeah, they are. Love them. <laughs> they're so like, I don't know, playful, I guess. And they're just so comfortable with humans. Yeah, I actually, we have like tough to tip mice that do the same thing and just feeding them in the winters. I love it. Oh, really? The tough to tip mice around here are like really finicky. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's kind of interesting. No, ours, yeah. I mean, during during the winter, sometimes the bird I feed the most out of my hand is the, the tip mouse. Huh. That's so cool. Yeah. And we also have like a nut hatch stays out of our hand at this one park. And it's like the holy grail. Like everyone goes out there. It's like, I got the nuthatch because only three species that do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is a cool this shot. This was one. Thank you. 
Um, this is like just two Blue Jays fighting over peanuts. And it was just like the dead of winter. And like these birds were just starving. Like I went out there and I felt terrible. Like everything was just starving. And like we just put some peanuts on the railing and everything started going crazy. So I was just doing what I like to call spray and pray. <laughs> put the peanuts down, hold the shutter, you know, one out of 300 shots is good, but you only need one. So, right. You're bound to get at least one good shot. Yeah. I mean, this was a miracle. This was uncropped. Like, oh, wow. (laughs) The the frame after this, I cut out the, like, I cut out the Blue Jay. I think it's like feathers got cropped out. Like, this was just a miracle that nothing got cut out of the frame. Yeah. That's, that's like perfect. That's sick. Yeah. Thank you. That's super cool. All right. So this timer says we've got three minutes left. All uh, right. Well, last last thing. If you could recommend one thing for people to buy to help them with photography or anything, really, I guess, that's under $100, what would it be? Okay. So first thing is a bird feeder. It helps the birds out so much. I've gotten really cool birds at my feeder, especially during migration like purple finch and indigo bunting, common red pole, so like in pine siskin. So if you have a feeder, I live in like the middle of suburbia, just make sure you keep your feeder up during migration, especially during May, when you would think the birds don't need it. Because I thought the birds wouldn't need it in May, but so many birds were using it in May. So that's like probably biggest tip, always keep your feeder up unless it's like maybe the middle of July, like right now. Um, and then second tip, put a stick like just a big stick right next to your feeder so the birds before they land on the feeder a lot of times they like to stage and decide if the feeder is safe to go on so if you just put a big stick with like a nice background on it you'll get those like shots that um have those creamy backgrounds and you know and so i like to do that a lot and that's i mean the stick's free (laughs) <laughs> yeah right so all right cool that's a good answer i like that well thanks for uh thanks for coming on the podcast and you want to yeah thanks plug, for having me plug really your socials good. all right so on instagram i'm kid with a sony that's an underscore after each word and uh it's pretty much all i do right now is instagram so <laughs> looks like we're at the end of the episode please remember to like and subscribe on youtube and subscribe and leave a review on all podcast platforms peace